welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 135, Holidays. And I gotta tell you, it still feels a bit like we're on holiday, but we're not. And who's we, you may ask? Well, along with myself, Ryan Spilken, your host, I have Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell. Matthew, Brenda, um, I guess the shot of espresso cast got a little more serious after uh, after we left that day, huh? You got to drink in a little more than coffee, right? <laughs> I don't even remember at this point, which maybe that says something about it. That says something about it. <laughs> so uh, confirmed, Matthew is definitely holidays. I'm still trying to remember what my job is. <laughs> what and, am I doing uh, here? And based on the amount of release notes, there might be a good chunk of people at Atlassian in the same state. Yeah, it's sort of a, where am I and who, where, this is not my beautiful house, <laughs> you know, kind of <laughs> rolling into 2022 like David Byrne, you know? Well, oftentimes at the beginning of the year, the bill comes due for all of that holiday excess. And in the world of Atlassian, the beginning of the year comes with the announcement of updates to Atlassian pricing. What do they say that, uh, you know, you can always count on, you know, is it death and taxes and Atlassian price increases? I thought and that Atlassian was part price of the... increases. Yep. That's, it should become part of the idiom. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that news released to Atlassian customers on Thursday, January 13th. And um, as usual, it prompts us to remind you to take advantage of <laughs> pricing as soon as you can. Update your, your software licenses as soon as possible to get the best possible prices before they go up. And uh, the best way to do that is by talking to your Adaptivist account manager, isn't it? So there is an increase in server and data center advantage prices. Uh, the official effective discontinuation of server tier upgrades and downgrades, as well as a discontinuation of any new feature development on server effective February 15th. So in some respects, uh, this isn't, you know, shouldn't be a surprise. We talked about this last year, the, the year that never quite ended, um, and the we year before that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It... We've, kn we've known for a while uh, that February 2022 is, uh, you know, the next step in the the end of of server. Um, but the the increase in in prices is the the main thing that you want to look out for. So uh, we will link to Atlassian's announcement so you can get more details on that. And as Ryan said, uh, feel free to reach out to your Adaptus account manager if you need to lock in prices. Um, these price changes will go into effect 15th of February, 2022. So you've got a month. Just a couple of quick cloud updates uh, for the teams that did get back uh, safe and sober uh, to their jobs. And Atlassian, <laughs> <Not> uh, <laughs> uh, from the Jira software team, there are uh, some new settings for completed epics on your roadmap. So you can now define how many completed issues will appear in your timeline using the new issue display range function in the view settings menu. 
You can set the timeline to show completed parent level issues from the last one, three, six, nine, or 12 months, or hide all of the completed parent level issues. In Jira service management for cloud, content editing for customer notifications is disabled for free plans and evaluators. That means if you are on a free plan or trial period of Jira service management, the ability to edit customer, customer notifications is disabled to reduce the risk of generating spam emails. You are able to review the content of customer notifications, but not change it. No, Ryan has feelings. I do. Doesn't this feel a bit like, like whose reputation are they really trying to protect here? Like by not letting people using a free, a free tier of Jira service desk customize how they communicate with their customers. That's, that's more than a subtle nudge. I feel like to, I, don't agree. I, I think there's some good rationale there. I'm not sure. Um, I totally buy the spam thing. I think I, it wouldn't shock me at all if there were spam bots and, and people creating free things to spam people. Like that, would, that wouldn't shock me. I totally get that. But there are other solutions there, right? Like you could limit the number of emails sent out on free accounts and, and things like that, limited number of notifications. Like there's, there's other ways to go about it. At the same time, this, this uh, doesn't break from kind of a standardized approach out there. You, you get this template, you see the Atlassian byline, like it is what it is, you know, whatever company it is. And if you want to white label it, if you want to customize, you want to make it yours, you got to pay for it. Like that's, that's very standard. So this doesn't really, you know, bother or surprise me. I think the only surprise is that free accounts were able to do it before um, and uh, are only just now uh, getting restricted. I, th I think that would have made sense from the very beginning to have it where free accounts could not modify their notifications. Geez, you want to talk about somebody coming back to work all sober and straight-laced. <laughs> so straight-laced. Uh, I, I just think it makes sense. Uh, another uh, change from Atlassian that I think makes uh, some sense, a lot of sense, uh, is uh, around the, 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 the title of the support article I found was Maintain Epic Link Data for Issues Above the epic level, uh, but we're going to link to a community post that I like the title of even better, which is rename epics in your company managed projects. So this has been something that I've heard customers complain about for a long, long time with your software that uh, they like the hierarchical structure of epics and stories and subtasks, but in their context, the word epic doesn't really make sense. And story is pretty easy to get around. You can create other issue types, but uh, Epic was was hard-coded all over the place. If you tried to change it, it, it caused all kinds of problems. So in Jira Cloud, uh, you are now going to be able to uh, effectively rename Epics, uh, just, just change it to something else. And there's a, a, a neat kind of um, a screenshot uh, no, no sick gifts, unfortunately, but there is a screenshot of the backlog with a feature panel. They're going to call it the feature panel instead of the epic panel if you've renamed something. If you're still using epics, it'll be called the epic panel. If you change the name of your epics, they'll start be calling the featured panel. And so it shows, for instance, features like billing accounts feedback. So that means you can name it whatever you like. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, we were chatting a little bit before the podcast, wondering if this would have negative impacts on Jira Align or anything else that does sort of like epic reporting. And uh, Ryan, you were thinking it might just work. 
Well, I suspect that that if it becomes an issue, there will be a mapping uh, component introduced. They they from what I remember in in what I learned about Align, um, they were really big on giving the the users a, a mapping function. So I just read a little closer and I found exactly what I was looking for. And that is you are able to add issue types to the epic level in your site's issue hierarchy. So that means you are able to create multiple issue, you're able to utilize multiple issue types on a level above story mm-hmm. now. So you can have epics, cool. features, programs, whatever. And that is what I'm talking about. I want, yeah. give me, give me that to organize my work with, please. Sure. See, this is why there are three of us on this podcast, because between the three of us, we get the reading comprehension of one like actual fifth grader literate person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so it works out for you all. That's, that's the key. We'll shift gears and I will talk about Bitbucket data center and server 7.19.3. The main highlights of the new release include consistent URLs for primary and mirror. So to support cloning from various servers for read-only workflows, Atlassian is removing the namespace from the URLs when a mirror has only one upstream. There is an example. I'm not going to read it all out because it's a it's a long URL, but basically they're taking slash bitbucket out if there's only one upstream. Existing URLs with the namespace will continue to work and the namespace attribute will be ignored. Can also now exclude projects from the data pipeline, allowing you to export Bitbucket data for analysis in your favorite business intelligence tool. Uh, you can exclude projects by adding them to an opt-out list for that export. This is useful if you don't need to report on particular projects or if they contain sensitive con- content you'd prefer not to export. For more information, there is a link and we will link these release notes in the show notes. There is also support added for Git 2.34, replacing the recursive strategy used by Git merge with a new strategy called ORT, O-R-T. This can offer significant improvements to merge performance, especially for large pull requests. And an advance notice of a deprecation when Bitbucket Data Center 8.0 is released, support will be removed for hosting on Microsoft Windows. So an important thing if you are running a Windows shop. The release notes contain change logs for 7.19.3, 7.19.2, and the two prior point releases, which have both been removed from download. Um, Check out those show notes if you're a Bitbucket admin and are interested in any of these items. I mean, part of me is like, well, it's Bitbucket, it's for developers. Fine, doesn't need to run on Windows, I guess. And and as the sort of the end-of-life announcement notes um data center never ran on on windows it was just the server products um but uh i i do wonder if this will be a shift for atlassian for their other data center applications in the future um if they will no longer support windows server like is it just that they've they've looked at it and very few people if any are running bitbucket on windows server and so they're like well we don't need to support it Maybe very few. I mean, I used to run it on Windows Server at the university uh, where we worked because that was a million years ago. Well, <laughs> in um, 2020 I, time, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like I had it on Linux originally, but yep, uh, I remember a, 
all the other server admins there only knew Windows. So I had to migrate it over to something somebody other than me could support. But uh, I, I wonder, it is something that we see a, a sharp differentiation on between the US and other countries. Like in Europe in particular, everything's on Linux. US, a lot on Windows. Um, but we know there's a lot of business in the US. I don't know. Would love love to sort of see the sort of the reporting on on Windows versus Linux hosting so for, for lasting stuff. That's, a, I guess, a bit, maybe bridge too far. Maybe just a bit too much. I don't know. You just want everything, Matthew. You yes. deserve everything. And for the podcast listener who wants everything. Deserves nothing less. Deserves nothing less and is willing to wait for it. Atlassian has a cloud roadmap <laughs> that we wanted to draw your attention to. Um, we've talked in the past about sort of the challenge of looking through all of Atlassian's release notes and blogs and different places to try to keep up on what's going on with Atlassian. Uh, they've got a page, atlassian.com slash roadmap slash cloud that we'll, we'll link to in the show notes. That's quite nice. This has actually been out for a while. We just haven't really called attention to it. It was last updated November 16th, 2021. And it's labeled as a quarterly roadmap. So I would expect February to be the, the next update. Um, I just, I like the filtering on it. It, it becomes less valuable the further you go into the quarter, of course. So almost everything that's incoming soon has already been delivered. We talked about it on the podcast, uh, but it's definitely something we'll look back at, uh, in February or whenever it gets updated. So we can talk about what's coming up in the quarter, uh, to come. And if you want to take a look, it's got just nice filtering, um, it's just really nice. I would love to see this type of approach be used. It's definitely nicer than the cloud blog that we are looking at to try to like sort through and figure out for updates. Um, I think this type of, of use, both for, for road mapping, but also for, you know, it, it's got a shipped label. So for communicating what's shipped recently, like uh, I, I just think this should be a standard. Like I, I think this I think is, it all should be done this way. It's super I nice. I wonder if this is synced up with anything internal there. Like mm. if there is a product that is that is connected to this that gives the the top level management at Atlassian some view on how their um, objectives are coming along, mm. just inter- just curious. Yeah, could be, could be, and if not, uh, maybe someday soon. I don't know, but it's it's a Hook very that nice up with site. The line. We'll, we'll we'll keep looking at it. <laughs> from the wider ecosystem right before the uh, Christmas and New Year's holiday, it was announced that our friends at ALM works have joined tempo and that's really cool. It says the press release all points to this being a move on tempo's part to deliver a unique take on project program and portfolio management. So it's a pretty powerful suite of solutions. And I have reached out to the ALM Works team. Hopefully we can get them on the uh, coming episode to talk about it. We have questions. Well, that's really all we have for this first episode back after the holidays and espresso shots and various other beverages that have been consumed. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate your time. Uh, Please comment, like, and share wherever you comment, like, and share fine podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at Adaptivist on the socials. 
On behalf of Ryan Spoken and Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Brenda Burrell, and this is the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast, part of the Adaptivist Live Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Right, right, guys, we have... You, you two have questions. I'm got sure we can come up with something. Okay. We'll have questions <laughs> in the future.